the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Time for Grace to the Bay with Dr. Roger Chen. Dr. Chen is the pastor at Grace Church of the Bay Area, a church committed to glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ through verse-by-verse expository preaching to learn exactly what God has revealed in His Word. Now, here's Dr. Chen with today's message. Our second indication of spiritual infancy is the problem of spiritual infancy. I'll pick up where I left off in verse 2, go through the beginning of verse 3. Indeed, even now you are not yet able, for you are still fleshly. Here's the problem. Back then, okay, still, problem. So Paul is saying that the Corinthians, even now, at the time that they're receiving this letter, are still unable to be fed solid food and they can still only handle milk. Again, nothing wrong with being an infant in Christ unless it is unnecessarily prolonged. In every way that Paul just described the Corinthians when he was there the first time is unfortunately still true today, years later. See, when Paul first came, he was with them for 18 months. So for 18 months, the Apostle Paul is teaching them. And so now we're getting insight into the fact that when he says that they were spiritual infants who could only receive milk, we're starting to see even then it was a problem because they had been saved and being taught by the apostle himself for 18 months. But what's more, when Paul left, Apollos, who was a very qualified pastor, took over. And now it's been five years since that time, and the Corinthians are still immature in their faith. That is a big problem. The fact that they are still babies indicates an inappropriate level of immaturity that should have been long gone by now, probably long gone before Paul left. Their development, for some reason, has been stunted arrested and hindered. A baby who acts like a baby is a joy. An adult who acts like a baby, even a young child who acts like a baby, is a catastrophe. Unlike human physical development, as I mentioned earlier, five years is more than enough time for a baby Christian to become one who is mature in the faith, especially having been taught the way the Corinthians have been taught. Would you look at Hebrews chapter 5 with me, verses 12 through 14. Let me read that for you. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God, that's the scriptures, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice 
have their senses trained to discern good and evil. And there we get an insight into what it means to have solid food and be spiritually mature enough for that. Now back to the Corinthians. Since we know that they were taught well, that's not the problem for their immaturity. Now, it is for many in our day and age, because they go to churches that the pastor is basically, in my opinion, sinning against them by only giving them milk. He's not feeding them solid food, even if they are ready. The problem for the Corinthians and the problem for most immature Christians today, as Paul says, is that they were fleshly. Now, I want to pay attention here. I want you to pay attention here because I'm going to give you some nuances of the grammar. We saw in verse 1 that term of the flesh. And here again, we see the term fleshly, uh, which is the same word in verses 3 and 2, but a different word in verse 1. Let me say that because that might have been confusing. Of the flesh is one word, and the two uses of fleshly in verses 2 and 3 are the same word. So we have two different Greek words here, and we see in the context referring to two different stages of spiritual maturity. These two words are similar in meaning and have the same Greek root, but they are different words. Now both words, the one in verse 1 and the one in verses 3 and 2, both mean to be driven by sinful desires, the flesh, to be controlled by the flesh, where the entire orientation of one's life is self. It's the me, myself, and I attitude. That's what is really the root of much of sin. They are pursuing a self-sufficiency independent of God, independent of his strength, independent of doing things his way and for him. Now in verse 1, as we saw, that word was speaking of the new believer. The new believer has a basic understanding of the gospel and salvation, but the depth of their relationship with God is new and shallow. As such, there is less awareness and evidence of the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. In other words, they are not living day by day with a full awareness of being guided by wanting to honor the Spirit, live by the Spirit, rather grieve the Spirit. And when you observe their life, there is less indication of the actions that would indicate a life lived by the Holy Spirit. They are motivated by natural human drives, and like a real baby, they can't really help it. This is all new to them. However, Then you get to verse 3. This word also speaks of being controlled by the flesh, giving in to natural human desires which are geared towards serving oneself. But this word speaks more of voluntarily following this lifestyle and refusing to get rid of it. It refers to one's values and attitudes which are manifested in self-centeredness and self-indulgence and self-sufficiency. You see the pattern here? The theme? It's all self. Me, me, me. Let me put it another way. In verse 1, it's the word is like saying, listen, simply because of who you are, you have bad in you, but don't worry. 
you will get rid of it soon enough as you mature. But verse 3 is saying, you are now choosing to follow a bad norm and you refuse to get rid of it. You could say that verse 1 is speaking of the unspiritual man in a descriptive sense, whereas verse 3 is speaking of the unspiritual man in an evaluative sense. It is evaluating their behavior. And this illustration that Paul chooses is very appropriate because a baby or a young child is self-centered because they can't help it. They are naive. He doesn't know any better. They have yet to learn to respect the interests of others. But the adult who is self-centered behaves this way not because he is naive. Through life, he has learned about true love. He has learned about respecting others. He has experienced others making sacrifices for him. He's old enough to understand what his parents have done in sacrificing for them. So the only reason he will sinfully choose self over others is because of just that, his choice. The baby has no choice. He has to scream when he's hungry. He has to hit when he doesn't get his way. He doesn't know any better. But you see an adult do that, he gets arrested. He gets fired. You look at him and you say, stop acting like a baby. And this is the rebuke that Paul is laying on the Corinthians. He's saying, you have known the Lord long enough that you have no excuse for such behavior anymore. You know better. See, it's not that they aren't well taught. It is because of their sin. I mean, speaking about ear ticklers, remember? We looked at that passage a few weeks ago. People amass for themselves teachers. It's not that the teachers teach false doctrines or, 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 or milk and then they, they go manipulate people to join their church. No, the people look for teachers like this because they don't want to self-sacrifice. They don't want to live this way. They don't want to live under the sovereignty and command and lordship of Jesus Christ knowing that they have to give everything to him. They're not mature because they can't know any better. They can't know any better because they're immature, and they're immature because they're selfish, because they're sinful. This is the problem of spiritual infancy. But Paul moves on, and he gets more specific. He gives us our third indication of spiritual infancy, and it answers the question, what exactly is it that shows Paul that the Corinthians are still fleshly? And so our third point is the proof of spiritual infancy. The proof of spiritual infancy. We've seen the picture, we've seen the problem, and now the proof. Look at the second half of verse 3 through the end of our passage. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly? And are you not walking like mere men? For one, when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not mere men? We are reminded that this whole section of teaching that we've been in is about the factions or divisions in the church that we saw all the way back in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Even in our teaching about the wisdom of God and the gospel and the crucifixion, that all started with those divisions, those factions. 
But what are the specifics or what is the proof of their spiritual immaturity? Well, there's two. Paul says jealousy. This is envy. Jealousy. You know what this is. For the Christian, this is the sinful desire to have what others have. And it doesn't, and I don't want to limit it to you knowing someone who has that. It's just wanting something that other people have. In other words, wanting something that you don't have. Because if there's anything that exists, someone has it. So it's the sinful desire to have what others have, whether it's a material possession or something immaterial, like status, honor, esteem. Jealousy is an intense form of selfishness that goes so far as to resent those who have what you wish was yours. Maybe you've struggled with this. Maybe it's outside of the church. Maybe you've caught yourself praying, how come that guy never gets sick? And how come that guy gets to have a house and a six-figure income? And he is an atheist and he hates you, God. That's jealousy. It's an intense form of selfishness. There's so many other sins involved. It's a lack of, of being content in where God has placed you. It's a lack of love for others. When you're jealous, you're definitely not going to be happy for other people when they succeed above you. And so there goes love of God. There goes love of other people, loving other people as you love your own self. So this makes sense in this context because selfishness is one of the most obvious characteristics of a baby or a young child. You guys have kids. You've been around kids. You know this. They're selfish. They want what they want. Sure, there are glimpses of where they do something nice. This is who they are. And this is why Paul says you're, you're a spiritual child. You're a baby. You're jealous. Look at these factions. He has more esteem in the church than you do. Well, then I'm going to create this faction. I am the faction of Paul. Look at my connection with Paul. Speaking of Paul, he goes on and he says there's also strife in the church. And by the way, he's speaking to the whole church, not just certain individuals. Because even if there were people who are not partaking of this jealousy and strife within the church by the fact that they're allowing it to this degree, they are part of it. Strife. This is discord, contention, fighting, quarreling. Strife is the result of jealousy and selfishness. You could say strife is the outward expression of jealousy. So whenever you see someone and you say, man, that guy's jealous, that's strife. What they are doing is strife. Strife involves the strategies to get what you want. And if you can't get it, the other selfish and sinful things we do toward those we are jealous of is strife. Things like gossip, put-downs, childish competition, resentment. That's all strife. And Paul asks the Corinthians, since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly? Are you not walking like mere men? Are you not walking like those who are not saved, don't have the Holy Spirit, don't know Christ? And he's phrasing this question in a way that the expected answer is a resounding yes. Yes, you are. Now, fleshly, again, is the same word as earlier in the verse, different word than verse 1. And Paul adds to it by saying this is walking like mere men. And of course, he's talking about the, the man who just lives in his flesh, living according to the flesh like an unbeliever and not like one who walks according to the Holy Spirit. Their jealousy and strife 
is proof of their fleshliness. It is proof of their spiritual immaturity. This is absolutely, for the believer, this is absolutely intolerable. It is unacceptable, and frankly, it's unthinkable. To have the Holy Spirit, to know and have accepted that Jesus Christ was slaughtered for your sins, to be, as we saw in previous weeks, enlightened to the hidden mysteries, the gospel of God by the Holy Spirit, and yet living for yourself? That is a tragedy. You see, jealousy and strife are both concerned with advancing not the kingdom of God, not the joy of others, but self. Advancing the interests of yourself, and that's not Christian. It is of the world. What's more, these people are doing this in the church. It is sin no matter where you do it. It is inappropriate and a sign of spiritual immaturity no matter where you're doing it. But it's worse because they're doing it in the church. And look, the reality is if you are selfish, you're going to be selfish anywhere. And it's going to impact your relationship with those in the church. But for the Corinthians, it's not that they're causing division in the marketplace or they're jealous of people at school or at home, but everything is fine at the church. They are using their church as the very arena in which to advance their personal status, and that is downright wicked. It is evil. And what this shows is not their spirituality, as they suppose, but their carnality. And in verse 4, he flat out brings up the factions again. For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not mere men? Again, phrasing the question in the Greek grammar that the answer is yes, absolutely you are. And notice that he leaves out the factions of Peter and Jesus. It's not a big deal. We don't know why, most likely because Paul and Apollos have been their two direct leaders in the church. Regardless, the point is still made. You are jealous and you're causing strife because of these factions. And division can only occur where there is selfishness. I want you to understand that. But, but, but I was at a church and I was right. And no, division can only occur where there is selfishness. On a side note, as they are listening to this letter read, the Corinthians are probably anticipating Paul giving an example or a proof of their spiritual infancy. They know this well enough. You would know this in reading this letter or this story and say, oh, here it comes. He's going to nail us with the proof. But I would venture to guess that they were very surprised at the example he uses. It's like me calling you a, a spiritual big baby because you're raving about your favorite pastor or that you're really enjoying Bible study. In their minds, that's what they were doing. But what Paul does so well is address the bigger picture, namely the underlying sin. So if you were to take everything I've just said and just summarize it in a nutshell, selfishness means spiritual immaturity. And not just, well, then I better pick myself up by my bootstraps and, and study the word of God more. Nope. If that's what you're thinking, you've missed the whole point. You want to be spiritually mature. You want to understand the scriptures better. You want to have a daddy-son strengthened, deep relationship with the Lord. Get rid of your selfishness. We've seen three indications of spiritual infancy. The picture, the new believer, 
who can't handle advanced doctrines. The problem, not a new believer, but lives according to the flesh and still can't handle advanced doctrines. The proof of spiritual infancy, selfishness manifested in jealousy and strife. Let me pull it all together. The reason selfishness, and it doesn't have to be manifested in jealousy and strife, whatever form it takes, right? It's a lack of service and sacrifice unless it is convenient for you. Pride, love of money, ego, overemphasis on personal comfort, laziness, only doing what you want, only doing what other people want when you want to, serving only when there's something in it for you, getting married because you want, you want, becoming friends because you want, you want, having kids because you want, you want. All of this is selfishness. Whatever form it takes, the reason these things keep you from being able to handle advanced doctrines and move on from spiritual infancy pay attention, this is important, is because advanced doctrines revolve around love and self-sacrifice. This is not about going to seminary and getting a degree. You will not find that anywhere in Scripture. God never says, just study more. He says, love and self-sacrifice. Before any theology is even to be considered, let alone studied. God says to love him and to love others. The foremost, the greatest commandment is not get a seminary degree. It's not read the Bible. It's not study scripture. It's love God and secondly, love others. That's why you study the Bible. So you can learn how to love God and love others. And if you can't get past loving yourself, then you can't love God and you can't love others the way you're supposed to and the, the way you can because you have the Holy Spirit. If you can't love God and, and others the way you're supposed to, then there's no way you can understand anything in the Christian life past the basics of the gospel. Oh, you may be able to talk about them. You may be able to dialogue about them. You might be even be able to teach them to get in front of a university lecture hall and debate the greatest atheist of our age and win. That doesn't mean you're spiritually mature if you are still selfish and lacking love. We'll see this later in 1 Corinthians 13. Love, love, love. That's what it's about. He says, I don't care if I'm the greatest apostle. I don't care if I can heal everyone. I don't care if I can move mountains to make things more convenient for the church. I don't care if I could end COVID-19 right now. I don't care if I knew how to speak uh, to angels in their secret language. Without love, it is not just not so great. It is useless. It's trash. It's annoying. And this is what he's saying here. If you're not living in love, those doctrines no matter how much you study, have clearly not gone from your head to your heart and out through your actions and attitude, and you're just a big baby. I mean, remember, the Corinthians are using their allegiance to godly men, which shows that they're big babies. So it doesn't really matter how many shepherds conferences you go to, how many of R.C. Sprawl's books you've read. If you don't love, you're a spiritual baby. 
And sometimes, especially in our circles, and I understand the temptation, we even use that as an excuse. Well, I can't serve, I can't spend time with you because I need to study the Bible. And the irony there is it just shows how immature you are. I'm not saying don't read the Bible. I'm saying get the right things right. If you're convicted by this passage, by this sermon, and you're saying, I need to memorize more, I I need to study more, what you need to do is go online tonight and listen to this sermon again. Because that's not the point. The difference between spiritual maturity and spiritual immaturity is how you love others, how selfless you are. Well, let's bow in a word of prayer. Hi, this is Roger Chen of Grace Church of the Bay Area and our radio ministry, Grace to the Bay. I hope that this series on 1 Corinthians has been a blessing to you. And I just want to encourage you as we come to the end of the year, as we look forward to broadcasting our sermons in 2022, would you prayerfully consider supporting us as we are a listener-supported ministry? If the Lord has led you to do that, you can go to our church website, gracebayarea.org and just click on the giving link and we are so appreciative we want to offer this and continue to preach the word and get the truth of God's word out to the greater Bay Area even if you are unable to give at this time would you just go on our website gracebayarea.org and send us an email and let us know how we can pray for you or how this ministry has been a blessing to you thank you so much and until next week Have a great Saturday and have a great week. This has been Grace to the Bay with Dr. Roger Chen. Tune in next week for a continuation of this message. Grace to the Bay is the radio ministry of Grace Church of the Bay Area, practicing and proclaiming the purity of biblical truth. You're invited to join them for worship service in San Mateo, Sundays at 11 a.m. Visit the website gracebayarea.org for directions and other information or to view a live stream of the service. As a listener-supported program, we ask that you consider making a tax-deductible donation so that we can continue to share Pastor Rogers' teaching with you each week. Donations can be made through the website gracebayarea.org. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.